Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you for your word that instructs us, particularly during these difficult times. We pray, Lord, that you would draw us nearer to yourself. And Father, I ask that you would fill me with your spirit, that I may preach your word in truth and in love. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to think about commitments that you've made over the course of your life. Perhaps it was a commitment when you were younger, when you joined a sports team, or when you took a new job and you made a commitment. Perhaps it was a project that you worked on, or even a relationship. Maybe it was a large purchase that you committed to paying off over time. There is one thing that all of these commitments have in common, and that is that they were most likely made at the beginning. You made a commitment at the beginning. And yet here in Luke chapter 23, we read Jesus committing something, his spirit, his entire being, at the end. Who commits something at the end? And yet Jesus' commitment to his Father here, I believe, teaches us two very important things, particularly as we navigate through these, these big changes and adjustments we're all going through. The phrase, into your hands I commit my spirit, in, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit, comes from Psalm 31, verse 5. It was a psalm by Jesus' day. This, this prayer would have been something that a child learned to pray every evening before they went to bed. And so Jesus did not start his commitment on the cross out of fear or desperation. This was a continuation of the commitment he demonstrated throughout his entire life. What makes this prayer even more powerful is that Jesus said these words under unimaginable pressure to justify himself. And he did it also under excruciating pain. And yet the two things we see here that I'd like to share with you this morning is that while he was nailed to the cross, Jesus had absolute, complete confidence in his Father. And he also had complete self-control. Let's look at Jesus' confidence in verse 46, it says that Jesus called out with a loud voice. He called out with a loud voice. At this stage in the crucifixion, you could not utter more than a weak moan. And yet we're told here that Jesus called out with a loud voice. He was completely confident in God's plan despite the uncertainty of what was happening. Typically, when we feel pressure and stress from not knowing what lies ahead, we start to ask questions like this. Is this all worth it? What if this fails? Is this going to work? And maybe Jesus asked these questions, but clearly they did not control him. We hear Jesus' confidence, not simply in his words, but in the volume of his words. This was a victory cry. I want to encourage you this morning to take comfort when you struggle to maintain your commitment to your Heavenly Father during times that are uncertain, when what lies ahead is not known, when you fear failure. When I proposed to my wife, Jen, I was completely confident that she was the woman I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. 
And the days leading up to the wedding, I was even more certain of this decision. But then the eve of my wedding day came. And I remember being in my bedroom, and I was suddenly nervous. I was scared. I had anxiety. And it wasn't that I feared whether I made the right decision. I was scared of the fact that I had never been married before. I didn't know what, what was going to happen next. What if I failed? What if I looked foolish to all of the couples that I knew and respected? And I suppose that evening I could have prayed, God, I'm confident you'll get me out of this. But that was not my prayer. I knew that I could place my trust in my Heavenly Father. And I remembered saying, God, this marriage, my life is in your hands. And I trust you. And it was then that I remember that I wrote Jen a note that I wanted someone to give to her just before she entered the church the following morning. Jesus was confident in his Father. But this confidence didn't preclude him. It didn't keep him from taking responsibility for his actions, his words, his very breath as he hung on the cross. Jesus also had complete self-control. We also read in verse 46 that after he said these things, he breathed his last. He was in control of his every breath. Everything that Jesus did, you can you can sense the intentionality behind it. And yet in this moment, he was under excruciating pain. I didn't realize until I did my sermon prep that the word excruciating comes from the Latin term crux, which refers to a cross or crucifixion. In essence, when we say the word excruciating, we are in fact saying a pain like the pain of crucifixion. Unlike the world's perspective, Jesus willingly went to the cross. It was his choice. And he had options. He tells Peter in Gethsemane when he was about to be arrested, Peter, I can call upon 12 legions of angels to come to my aid. But clearly, that's not what his father wanted him to do. It was equally his choice to forgive the crowds who were mocking him and ridiculing him when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It was his choice to promise paradise to a repentant criminal who had also previously, just moments earlier, been ridiculing him and had a change of heart. It was his choice to address the, the women who were mourning him as he hung on the cross, to be attentive to their needs. And it was his choice, as we read in the Gospel of John, that when he saw his mother and his disciple John, that he asked John to look after his mother as his own, and for Mary to be comforted to look at John as her son. Self-control is often described and seen as something that we avoid doing that which is wrong. But self-control is also doing what is right, and particularly when times are difficult, stressful, when we are under temptation or even testing. I have met a lot of people in my life who have a lot of confidence, but they lack self-control. They take matters into their own hands. When my wife tells my children 
that dinner is going to be made in an hour. My children have complete confidence that my wife will prepare and serve the meal and it will be good. But this confidence does not uh, show, their their lack of self-control is shown when they go to the pantry and they try to find a snack that they can have and munch on to help them get through until that dinner meal is prepared. But you see, self-control would not simply be avoiding the pantry. It would be equally helping set the table or going to my wife, their mother, and saying, can I help you prepare the meal? Or perhaps there's chores that my wife and I have given our children to do while the meal is being prepared. Take comfort. When your soul is wounded and you can't think past your hurt, turn to your father and entrust yourself to him. When circumstances are out of your control and they begin to overwhelm you, slow down. Breathe and call upon your Father, even with a loud voice, and declare your confidence in Him. Remember that you have a choice, a choice not merely to avoid doing what is wrong, but to do what is right, even in the midst of your own difficulty. Jesus was confident in His Father despite the unknown, and Jesus also had complete self-control despite being in immense pain. So how are we to respond to this? You may see yourself in one of the witnesses that Luke describes here in the remainder of this passage. First, we see in creation, we're told that between 12 and about 3 p.m. in the afternoon, the sixth and the ninth hour, that darkness fell over the land. If you remember, darkness was one of the plagues in Egypt. And this is also language that we read about in Joel and Amos and and Zephaniah about the day of the Lord. We're also told that the uh, temple veil, the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies, a room where the very presence of God dwelt and where one man, the high priest, could enter only one day out of the year. That large, thick curtain tore in half. Perhaps it was a symbol of God's presence leaving the temple And perhaps it was an invitation for those of us who were once separated to now enter into his presence. And either way, the language is clear. Creation is not going to turn a blind eye to the injustice that is happening. Something is wrong. Something is not right. And it will not remain silent. Maybe that is you. Maybe when you see Christ on the cross, you are moved to take action to do something about injustice. You will not remain silent when you see something that is wrong or where there is a need. But I encourage you this morning, call out to your heavenly Father and commit yourself to Him. Place your confidence in Him. Maybe you're like the Roman centurion in verse verse 47. It says that when he had seen these things, he praised God And said, certainly this man is innocent. If there was anyone whose heart was hardened to having witnessed hundreds, if not thousands of crucifixions, who also knew what victory looked like from the world's perspective, it was this Roman centurion. And yet he was surprised. This man was different. 
and he declared that he was innocent. Maybe that's you. Maybe your heart has been hardened over your experiences through life. You've seen difficulty and pain, and you've become numb to it. And yet when you look at the cross of Christ, your heart is softened. Something is different about this man. And you find yourself surprised to be saying, surely this man is innocent. I encourage you, call out to your heavenly father and declare your confidence in him. Commit yourself to him. Perhaps you're like the gathered crowds in verse 48. Those who gathered. Now certainly there were some who were in these crowds who had just been previously been chanting, crucify him. And we're told that after they saw all these things, they beat their chests, their breasts, and walked away. Maybe you're like those who you've shouted at God, criticizing his ways for things that have happened in your past. But as time has passed and you look upon the cross of Christ, you're cut to the heart. You're remorseful. Perhaps you even regret your judgments about God. I encourage you, don't walk away. Keep your eyes on the cross and commit yourself to your heavenly Father. Entrust yourself to Him. And finally, we have Jesus' acquaintances, those who knew Him, and the women who had been following Him since His time in Galilee. Curiously, those who knew Him were the furthest from Him positionally. Understandably, they were scared to be associated with Jesus at this time. Recent events were disillusioning. They had given up everything to follow this man, and now they were watching him die on a cross. And perhaps that describes you this morning. You look upon the, Christ of, the cross of Christ, and you want to be at the foot of the cross, but something causes you to want to remain at at a safe arm's length distance from Jesus. I encourage you, draw near to the cross of Christ. Call out, even with a loud voice, to your heavenly Father and commit yourself to Him. In closing, our commitment to God is based on our confidence in God, not knowing what lies ahead. And our commitment to God is shown and our self-control, not merely avoiding doing what is wrong, but doing what is right and for our neighbor, and particularly when we are facing difficulty. Don't let your fear or your pride replace your confidence in God. May we look to Christ as our example as we all say, Father, we commit our spirit, our entire being, into your hands and your hands alone. As I pray, I would like to invite the team back up as we prepare for the sermon response song. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for the comfort we can take knowing you understand pressure, the pressure to do well, to be faithful stewards. You, understood, you also understand, Lord, what it's like to remain committed to you in times when we are facing pain and suffering. But Lord, 
we are encouraged when we look to Christ. And his moment on the cross. He demonstrated for us what it was like to remain committed to you. Through to the end. So Lord, I pray that as one body, we would all declare our confidence in you. But that we would not simply sit on our hands and wait for you to act. But that you would help us, inspire us to take steps of faith to show self-control, to love others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.